Fellow teammates, welcome to another episode of the Move Swiftly podcast. I am your host, Aswan Crookshank, the founder of Gym 44 Recruiting and author of Swiftly, Your Guide to Innovative Teamwork. Teammates, teammates, once again, man, I truly, truly appreciate all the support that I've gotten from you guys. Today is a really, really rewarding discussion for me because I, I moved to South Florida specifically to, to have a better chance to create American football in the Caribbean islands. You guys know I'm a football guy. I've been doing football from seven all the way to 22. And growing up in the Caribbean household, I've always wanted to see American football being played in the Caribbean. So. Today, I'm here with the, the founder of the NTFA, National Tackle Football Association of Jamaica, Mr. Jerome Harriet. What's up, bro? How you doing, Aswan? How's everything going with you? I'm doing fantastic, man. Like I, I just finished the workout. I'm in good spirits. I'm ready to, to really show these people that, you know, American football can be something in the Caribbean islands. It's not just soccer and, and track. Like, we're pigeonholed into that. So I'm looking forward to this discussion, man. Awesome. All right. Now, first of all, just tell us a little bit about your background and, you know, how'd you get into doing this kind of work and, and you know, where you... Well, um, I was born here in Jamaica in Mandua, a small town in Ma- um, called Mandua in the middle of the island. Uh, my parents moved us to Florida um, in 1977. Um, my first experience with American football should have been 1978, but I missed the cutoff deadline to register for Little League. So 1979 was my first year. Um, I played all the way through high school. Um, I attended a University of Florida for a short period of time and then moved on to Florida A&M University where I, um, I played there for one year. Um, Rattlers, baby. Yeah, go Rattlers. All right. Uh, the when after college, I moved back to Jamaica, um, and to work with my father and open up various companies here um, in Jamaica. Um, I ended up in the 1990s opening up a gym, but I was more I was more predisposed on training athletes than I was training regular people. So it was. It was it was really really refreshing experience for when my brother was in college, either both of them, um, to come down with their teammates and I would train them. I even love training the guys for soccer. Um, I love training the girls. Um, uh, what they call netball here in Jamaica. It's a little bit it's a it's a little bit like basketball. Yes. Um, but I enjoyed I enjoyed training athletes in general. Yes. Um, I ended up moving back to the States in 2006, where me and uh, my, my youngest brother, Roger, um, started the university, pro, university school program at NSU. Um, that's, that's when I, my, that, that was my second stint of coaching. My first stint was when I was in high school. I used to leave my high school practices around 5.30, 6 o'clock, and head straight to my younger brother practices at the youth leagues at Pasadena Lakes. And I would, I would coach those teams. So that was my first stint in coaching. My second stint was, was starting the university school program with, with my brother. And, um, and the reality is uh, I haven't stopped since. Um, how this came about, um, the program here in Jamaica was, Roger had an idea when he was at uh, FAU to, to start football in Jamaica. At that time, I don't think any of us were available, him, me, or anybody. Um, we're not available. But I ended up coming back here in 2016 where I did a bit more underground research, research, research with, with a lot of the schools, um, the government, um, community leaders, um, more specifically principals, um, to see what their needs were and where, where what, what would, would um, help them deliver um, better opportunities to their, to their, to their, to their student body. Um, 
what I found was the, the, all the schools were, were more than interested. Um, they were very excited about the program. Um, we uh, went on from there in 2017 to, to um, forming the, the legal company. Um, at that time, the government um, and us did quite a bit of research on what direction the organization should go in. And then we formed the association, which is, lack of a better term, the federation or the governing body for the sport here in Jamaica. And that's yes. where we have the, the National Tackle Football Association, which is the, the governing and regulatory body for the sport here in Jamaica. Now, I mean, you, you unpacked a whole lot in that, and I'm glad you mentioned about training and the importance of developing and stuff like that. How did, you know, given the times where, how did COVID affect the development of the league? And I'm sure as people are listening in, they, they want to support and they want to hear more, but how did COVID, how did you guys feel with, with the COVID pandemic? Well, it has affected us um, just like it has affected everybody else in the world. Um, we are a very small country, um, a little bit south of 3 million people live here, maybe two point something. Um, it, it's, it's, it's very easy considering how Jamaica is made up and how community oriented the people here are yes. for the virus to spread very, very quickly. So the government, um, the governing body of sport, which is called ISA here in Jamaica, um, all the sports governing bodies, including mine more specifically, um, are very conscious on the spread of, of this virus. Um, even though younger people may not be as affected or afflict, afflicted by the virus, they still have to go home to their, their moms, their grandparents, their fathers, that might not be as lucky. So I'm, uh, what we did early on back in, um, I would say May, in fact, before May, actually April, is yes. that we sent out a communique that all team OTAs, organized team activities were, were gonna be postponed. Mm -hmm. um, and each athlete needed to train on their own. So we sent out training manuals um, to help the athletes become more adept um, number one, we sent out uh, a strength and conditioning manual. Uh, number two, we, strength, we sent out um, general information as per position for, for guys to learn their position and the sport a little bit better. Um, currently, the, the sport, all sports in Jamaica are on halt, um, specifically for high schools. Um, we do not know, we, we're, we think and we're hoping that the kids will go back into school in January. Right now, they're doing distance learning. Um, and soon after, you know, I would say soon after, if everything goes well, in January, we, we'll probably be playing in February through, through, through May. Um, that's when we'll kick the league back up. I'm hoping so too, man. This thing, this COVID has just gotten us. It's too much, too much virtual stuff going on for sure. Yeah. Now, I, I know we, we spoke a little bit about this offline, but I really want you to, you mentioned scholarships and the word scholarships and I've, I've been a scout and I've coached high school and all that stuff. The word scholarships is a real trigger <laughs> for a lot of people, especially out here because, you know, colleges will offer scholarships, they'll take them back, they'll maybe offer partial. There's some kids who are not even in high school yet that are walking around with quote unquote scholarships, specifically football. And you mentioned that there's a possibility of kids who participate in your league earning a scholarship. Can you just elaborate a little bit about what the scholarship entails? Well, first of all, how they can earn one and then what exactly it entails and how you guys work those. Well, currently we have our league. Our league is set up where, number one, a kid um, in high school, um, the, the school will try, if, if they have the right grades, the right character, the right um, leadership acumen, um, the school, just like any other sport in Jamaica, the school will try and help them um, with their school fees um, and those type of things. What I'm focused on is the aspect of our athletes being recruited to U.S. universities. 
um, just like in the States, the same model that you have in the States of an athlete being recruited is the same model that we're going to use here in Jamaica um, for our athletes to get recruited abroad. Um, the only drawback to that is that with some of the smaller schools and even some of the larger schools, um, some of these universities also mix, mix in um, financial aid and other grants that are available to US-based residents and citizens. Um, that's, not that's not available to our, our athletes at this time. It probably will never be available because it's a federal mandate. Um, what has happened with our guys, we have five guys, we have actually four that have been offered scholarships on paper. Um, there is a little bit of overage um, comparative to the final figure. So they, you know, we're, we're in the process of um, seeking out um, financial support to take care of that overage, whether it be by uh, NGOs or the government itself or private sector. So that's what we're looking at right now. Um, one of the other guys, the, 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 um, the, one of the, the other athletes, he um, took it, basically took a different route. He's actually playing for a club team in Utah a semi-pro team. Yeah. Um, and then the, the last athlete, he is still being actively recruited, uh, but hasn't sustained because of COVID and where some of the smaller schools in the Midwest that were interested in him. Um, he's, his, the things for him are kind of a little bit on hold, but he's still being actively recruited. Yeah, well, the reason I ask is because I came from, I, I played for two college programs. One was Carson Newman College and the other was Stony Brook. And Stony Brook, they gave full rides, but they also had partials. And Carson Newman was Division Two, and no one was on full ride. And they, you know, they don't have the budget that you know Alabama or these SEC schools have. Now, how, you know, how would they? How, what kind of things would they do to work with you? Because you know, as as you know, everyone doesn't have access to to travel around. They'll come to Florida a lot because they know where there's a lot of athletes, but it's going to be difficult to get them to come out to Jamaica kids and see their see them on you know live action instead of just well well that, that's that's the funny thing um over the past two years i was doing research here we've also done research um in the states specifically um whether it be d1s d2s d3s or nias um the same i got the same response from all coaches um if they have the budget to fly to florida it's just a little bit of a skip and a jump, and the tickets are pretty cheap to come to Jamaica. Wow, um, that's what they're telling you? Absolutely. Um, oh, these guys yeah, were very, are not, not only very excited about the prospect of recruiting Jamaican athletes because yeah. um, they know that Jamaicans are on a different level of speed and athleticism, yeah. um, but they also have a clear understanding that the school system here is pretty rigorous, and if a kid has is a is a BC student. He's usually he's probably going to be an AB student in the states, which is you know I, do, I hate to put down um, Florida's uh, school system, but um, that the school system here is is extremely rigor, rigorous for, for for the students here in in Jamaica. So they know that these kids are going to get the test scores, and they know that these kids are gonna gonna have the GPAs to get in. And one thing they do know is that these kids are there specifically to get their degree and graduate. Um, that's right. the mindset of Jamaica, yeah, Jamaican kids. From that, right, they're coming from that place where they understand that that scholarship is, they, they appreciate it so much more. You know yeah. I mean, I, I been, like I said, I have been in so many college locker rooms where there's kids who were on full ride and would leave in the middle of the season. That's how bad, yeah. that's how entitled a lot of them were. And, and yeah. I mean, dudes that really weren't even that good, to be honest with you, but they don't like the way coach do this. They, I mean, you're not paying a cent and you leave in the middle of the season. So I definitely feel that, feel your point in terms of they want those kids who are hungry. They want those kids who are going to appreciate all of the little things, three meals a day, the fact that you're not paying for room and board. All of these little things that you're getting, they know. They know specifically, all right, look, if I got to stretch the budget to get to Jamaica, let's do it. So, I mean, I'm, man, good you made that point. Yeah, no, what we have planned um, for guys that will come down. Um, let's say we start playing in February. We'll have a eight-week season, and then we'll start the playoffs uh, the end of April. Um, our championship game 
will be February 15th. Um, what we're going to do is call that, what we have done is, is we're, we're calling that the championship week. Um, so what we're planning on doing is inviting these coaches down, let's say, um, that Tuesday. Um, and they will go through, we will have uh, 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 on, on the Thursday or Wednesday, we'll have a, a, a college fair set up. Like how we do the college fairs in South Florida. We'll have a college fair set up where all the athletes, all the, all the football players will, will attend that. Um, all of them will be listed in, in the, um, the manual with their grades, their bio, their height, their weight, their test scores, the whole nine yards. Um, and th that afternoon they'll have the, 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 um, the college fair in the morning. And in the afternoon, we'll go ahead and do a, a uh, college showcase for, for the, the athletes that are the more elite athletes and the, the senior athletes that will be graduating in that time period. So, that, you know, the, the coaches will get a very, very good look directly at their 40 time, um, their, their, their short shuttle, their L drill, and their, their skill set. Um, that would be on a Thursday. On a Friday, they will be able, you know, to, to, to probably visit um, and tour the island and visit with some of the families that they're interested in. And then Saturday, we'll have the championship game. Um, the championship game is going to consist of two games. You're going to have the, the um, third place game, which is a consolation game. Um, so they'll see that team, those two teams play, and then the championship game, the national championship game will be that afternoon where they'll, they'll see the, the two elite teams in Jamaica, you know, that have made the finals um, play at that time. So what we're, what we're pushing is not just them coming down here and working, um, but we want them to experience Jamaica, Jamaica's culture, um, the people. We want them to tour the island. That's why we want them to come in here on uh, Tuesday. Um, they go through their, their, their um, symposium on, on, on the Wednesday, do some tours. Thursday, we do the, the, um, the, the showcase and the, the college, the college, um, the college uh, fair. On Friday, they, they go out and visit with parents more, play golf, that type of stuff. Um, we want them to have the full gamut, and, and we would love for them to build, bring their families because you already know how recruiting is in the States for college guys, man. It's very That's tough. It's, they don't get to spend the kind of quality time with their families that they should. Um, we want to make sure that if they are in South Florida, they should be able to come to Jamaica and at least have some downtime for like three, four days with their families and, and get recharged. And, and that way, well, that way it builds the right way. Because the, the yeah. problem with it now is, and even this is happened even when I was coaching, a coach can offer a kid, this kid commits, and then that coach all of a sudden loses his job or he switches or this, that, and they get no family time. There's no foundation to recruiting at all. So they'll, for, for instance, my high school was big council, and it, it's known it's a known high school for a lot of recruits and Stephen Diggs and all things. It's a lot of big names that go there. So a college coach would come in and go specifically to that high school, but they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't tour around. They wouldn't maybe check out a public school. They wouldn't maybe check out this. There's this, oh, I'm just going to this one school because I know they got big time recruits. And what you're doing is great because it's teaching them not to just depend on one high school. To me, and, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, it puts too much pressure on the high school coach to deliver. Like the high school coach's job should be about just building a solid team, focusing on winning games and make sure I have a good experience. But I don't think a high school coach should base it to where he has to make sure this kid get all, gets offers and it just distracts, you know what I'm saying? It distracts you from what it is you're trying to do, which is build a team or high school or high school football. Well, um, I, I, I beg to disagree. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I that's, think, that's why I, I, think, I, don't, I don't know. How it is. I, I haven't coached high school since. I, I think the, the role of a high school coach is to create great leaders. That's the number one role. Number right. one. Number two is to ensure that that leader he has created has a pathway to success for the rest of his life. Um, 
and lack of a better term, the only way of doing that, number three, is to ensure that he's going to, the, has the right opportunities, um, to, going to, to go to the right schools with the right coaches. Number one, the school that he goes to should, should be able to, to match back to that, that student athlete's degree path. And number two, he should be able to fit into the, either the offensive or defensive system or the philosophy of that coaching staff. So it's extremely important that a kid does not pick where he wants to go. It's even more important that a child picks who wants him. Right now, let's say, but let's say there's a situation where the kid wants to be involved with, not necessarily, he wants to get to, he's not, he doesn't necessarily be good enough to play, but he wants to be involved with football in some kind of way, or he wants to use football as a way of getting into school and things like that. If they're not good enough, I don't think we should, we should disregard them because there's other ways they can help. They can be managers, they can do other things. So I think we're getting to the same place. It's just, I guess when I was, when I was playing, I was never as talented and you wanted to be, you wanted to be involved with things that, things that still were able to be a part of the game. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, understood. Um, I, so like I think there's when a- you went to like, when you were, when you were playing in high school, you mentioned that you were still coaching. So it obviously created opportunities for you to stay involved and stay um, engaged with the game, and that's doing a lot for you now. So what, what the point I was trying to make is make sure we're not disregarding the kids who want to be involved and help the game in some kind of way. Just Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I encourage it. I encourage yeah. it. Um, to, to me and, and the general build-out of the university school or when we or when we went over to BA to build that out, we um, realized that football was not, it wasn't just the football program. Yes. Uh, football was athletic trainers. Football was cheerleading. Football was band. Yeah. Football were the statisticians. Football were the kids in, in, um, in, the, in the video editing class. So football yeah. has All a far reach encompassing um, everything. Now, if a kid's not good enough, it's not his fault. He's got other talents. And we need to be able to nurture those talents yes. and, and, and put them, again, put them in a, in a position to succeed. Right. And that, well, that kind of leads into what I want to talk about next is the expansion process for you. You know, my family's from Trinidad, and this is something that I've been, I've been pulling for ever since I've been reaching out to people, is what exactly is it going to take to get what you're doing to the other Caribbean islands and what, what expansion plans do you have now? I know we talked a little bit about it offline, but you can kind of have um, there, there, There's a few islands that are, have reached out um, to our organization, to friends of mine that are, are very close to me and, and they're interested in, in replicating what we've started here in Jamaica. Um, I would think that the process is first and foremost a phone call. Um, what kind of interest the, the country has, what kind of resources they have to put towards it, what is the, the academic background or, or, or the academic, academic um, you know, the, the academic institutions, what are their feelings on, on the addition of a sport like this and the opportunities this sport brings, um, and, and frankly, funding. So that's, that's going to be the initial conversation um, with any country that would like to replicate something like this on, on, um, for their people. Right. Now, you mentioned also, uh, I believe you have under 20 teams. Right now, right now we had, we, in, in, from February, last year, we, we basically hit the ground last um, February with a camp um, with uh, Quincy Wilson, David and Daniel Perry. Um, we had uh, our, our camp leader, which was um, Tuan Russell from the Miami Dolphins. Um, we had Gooser Sports that sponsored a bunch of their jerseys and also, also um, Grounds Group in, in Florida. They, they have done quite a bit for us um, um, for, that, for that deal. We had a camp that introduced um, flag football 
but it wasn't the kind of flag football that you've seen. This was this was a this was a, this was a little bit different. This was this was just a little bit different, and it, and it didn't really start out what we were trying over the upcoming months to see how best um, we could integrate linemen into the game of flag football. Wow. Um, wow. So what we did instead of, instead of doing instead of doing seven versus seven or five versus five, we did nine versus nine. We had a center and two guards. Uh-huh. And they had all linemen responsibilities. It's not like flag football where the center can go off a pass. If you go downfield, it's a penalty. It was just like tackle rules. So the so that so the uh-huh. when with they when they matriculated from flag, it's just us adding two guys onto each side of the ball, and and they got the concept pretty much. Um, they also played in helmets, so it was it was a case where. We wanted to put some sort of protection on them because they're new to a sport, but we found that they were trying to play tackle football with, with our pads. So, yeah, you know, we. Once those pads go on, the instincts, the instincts take over. Um, yeah, it, it took over. Once that helmet went on, the instinct took over. So the reality is what we found is that we had guys that never played a sport before. Um, the biggest concern, the two biggest concerns, number one was injury. So we tried to rectify the injury but, but, um, aspect to the populace by putting helmets on guys who play flag just to get them acclimated to wearing a helmet and having the responsibility of wearing a helmet. Um, then second aspect was people were saying well these guys aren't made to play football um these guys uh, won't won't take a hit that is that is so far from the truth um most of these kids they the way soccer is played here in jamaica is actually rougher than how american football is played in the states and i've, I've witnessed that. it firsthand these kids are tough these kids are these kids are tough as nails, um, and we we were fortunate. Um, the way we we train the coaches, the way we train the kids, our priority is safety. We were fortunate that, um, and we we're happy to say that we had maybe one broken arm out of four hundred and fifty kids for that season. Um, the and that was a non-contact injury, in fact. Right. Um, we matriculated over to tackle football in the fall um our fall start our our league ended up starting late we started our camp in october and started playing in november through the first week of december um finished up in january our championship game was um uh february february 1st this in 2020 which was the super bowl saturday so everything came together like a perfect storm where you know we had our super our our own super bowl we introduced a number of other leagues um to Jamaica that people didn't, were, were, um, didn't, didn't know about. We were on television. Um, and the next day was Super Bowl. So the hype was already there, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, the, the, the aspect of, of pushing or the expansion of a league, uh, we had, going back to your original question, we had 12 teams yeah. in, in the flag football league. When we matriculated over to tackle football, two of those teams um, had financial difficulties. They couldn't afford a coach, and the other t- the other team ended up the the guy who was supposed to coach that team. He ended up getting a job elsewhere, so we we couldn't move on with those two teams. So we ended up playing with 10, 10 teams this past year for tackle football. We had a ten team league, and and we went we moved on. As it stands right now, um, we have those 10 teams. We have two other teams that have signed back on. And we have six teams, six teams on top of that, that from around the country that have, that have um, signed on to the program. Um, we are actually working with another four institutions. Um, in, in Jamaica, the, the school system here is a little bit different. You have high schools. And then you have the traditional um, British-based um, schools. 
um, what, what happens here is those British-based schools, you graduate your high school like around 15 or 16, which is young. And then they give you the option to stay for you, what they call upper six and lower six, which is basically a lot of testing, um, a lot of co college level courses. Instead of you going off to college, you're still at, at in a high school setting for upper six and lower six. And you're yeah. doing, for lack of a better term, you're doing um, AP classes. Yes. So what you find in those schools is that you have guys all the way up to 20 in those schools. Uh, um, the, age, the age limit for sports, high school sports, inter-scholastic high school sports here in Jamaica is 19. So you have a number of people in, the, in that situation where they, they, they can't play. So what we've done, we, we have gone ahead and opened it up to the, the sport up to those guys also. Um, and we, have all, we are also approaching some of the academies here in Jamaica, the tertiary institutions like the universities, and, and, uh, and, and setting up them with a U20 team that will play within that high school. So it's, it's, it's not about the institution, it's about the age bracket, yeah. even though it's still the institution's team or the academy's team or the high school team, it's still the, the, the age, age lock-off is, is at 20. Um, and they, you know, we, we expect that next fall that we will be um, playing with about no less than 24 teams. Um, this spring, we'll probably be playing with 12. That's, that's if everything goes well um, this spring. Right. Now, now, the reason I ask is because there, there's a reputation that semi-pro football has out here as like being ghetto ball and stuff like that. And what would, so what would be the next step to, for an under-20 kid that really has the talent? Would he be someone that could potentially go pro right away? Or is it you know, college, then pro? Where, where do you see that? Hey, you already know football is a different animal. There ain't no high school kid leaving high school to go play in the NFL or, or anything and, like that. And that's, what, that's why I ask because, you know, in, in, that, in, that, um, in Jamaica, Osain Bowl went pro at 16. You know what I'm saying? So there's this mm -hmm. mindset of, of kids going pro at a younger age out there. And I'm just curious as to, you know, how do you, you kind of calm them down and say, uh, fuck Yeah, you got to pull them back, pull them back on the <laughs> ring. Well, one, one way of calming them down is uh, bringing out somebody like, uh, you know, um, Von Miller. Um, oh, yes. When he's healthy, you know, when he gets back healthy, um, having him put on pads and show the kids what it means to take <laughs> from an NFL player. <laughs> you don't necessarily I'm have better, to hit him. You I'm just, go to you just put, up a, put up a tackling dummy and, and, and watch him go at that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that would, that would probably bring them back down to reality real quick. But the reality, right. what, we, what we focus on yes. is that we, and we, we mentor our kids in the there aspect. You your, your primary focus is to use this sport to get your education. Right. Not, not just your high school education, your collegiate education, and hopefully you will end up with a master's degree when you're finished. No, that being said, mm -hmm. if you're blessed, talented, and lucky enough to make it to the NFL, mm -hmm. God bless you. And go. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see any, and, and this is coming from, from uh a former NFL guy and current NFL guys like Quincy Wilson, um, obviously Tuan Russell. What he saw um, and what they asked me when we were doing the camp, um, like Quincy came up to me halfway through the camp and said, hey, hey coach, are you sure these guys never played football before? <laughs> And I said, no, this wow. is the first time they're <laughs> don't you see these guys running around barefooted? They don't even have cleats. Oh, <laughs> they've, man, never, they've, never, they've never played any football. <laughs> so the jump from what has had happened that day in February comparative to the championship game for flag football in June. And I, you know, I sent the film back to, you know, the video back to Quincy and Tuan. They were shocked. They were said, man, these guys are on point. And and also the aspect of um, the tackle league, what they saw for the championship game was, you know, some of the coaches in the States were saying, man, this is pretty good for these guys playing a couple of years. Yeah, that's natural, coach. boy. 
I, I said, Coach, these guys only played a couple months. They've only been playing the sport a couple months. This is not a couple of years. Wow. And, and, and frankly, I don't think we had the resources to develop them as well as I would have liked. Mm-hmm. You understand? These kids, yeah, yeah. you know, their, their fundamental skill level is still pretty raw, mm-hmm. but they, they certainly can turn and run um, and catch and pass. Um, but the, and, t- and tackle, but we we still need you know help with with those resources to to, to bring guys in to help with, with that aspect. So there it is, teammates. They are not selling dreams. He is not selling dreams. It is straight up. It's about getting your education. It's about mentorship. It's about doing what getting your life better. And if you're good enough, because like you said, if you're good enough, then you have that opportunity. However, out there. Yes, there's a great deal of natural talent. And, and that really leads me into what I want to talk to you about next because I have, I work at a gym and plantation and I've been in Florida for three and a half years now. And I read this recently. I read that St. Thomas Aquinas has the most high school NFL players of any high school. The most high school player, And there's a lot of, there's a lot of STA Raiders and a lot of alumni that come and work out that I've met throughout the process. So, if you can just talk a little bit about their involvement with what you're doing. I know you already mentioned Roger and stuff like that, but just talk a little bit about the, the connection that what you're doing has with St. Thomas. Wow. Wow. Uh, where do you want me to start? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got um, unlimited time, bro. It just, it has to be, it's so cool to me that it's a legitimate thing that you're doing because I've been around football been in the recruiting world. I'm 32 now and I feel like I'm 50. I've just been in it so long that, it's cool that you're legitimizing these things. You know, there's so many ideas that come up, but no one ever does the research to get it done or this is happening. So, you know, take it away. The mic is yours, man. Well, um, Coach Smith recruited me in 1981 to go to St. Thomas Aquinas High School. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to go to high school at my local public school, which was fairly new, um, much bigger than than St. Thomas. Um, Coach Smith was just getting the, the program rolling there. Um, and I decided to stay at Cooper City High School. Um, I know a lot of people are probably laughing about that, but at the time, Cooper City, you know, they, they were in the news every, every, every couple of days. All right. um, after I was done with that, I, I, I and, and that experience, and keep in mind, I had a pretty good experience at Cooper City, um, but they, the, the, they didn't have the resources or the mindset on what was needed um, to focus guys to move on to, to the next level. Um, so my brothers, Greg, went to St. Thomas for a year. And then he ended up at HML with some of his very good friends, which was Devin Bush and Ryan Collins and those guys. Roger, on the hand, was always, always a Raider. Um, from the first time I brought him to see Tony Sands play um, against, against Dillard, Highland Hickson and those guys, it, it, was a, it was a wrap for Roger. Roger was a Raider from, he must have been like 10 years old. Um, so... That being said, the, the, the relationship with us and St. Thomas Aquinas, um, and more specifically Coach Smith, go way back, very, very far back. Mm-hmm. Um, they have been intricate in, 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 in helping, not just with resources, but with information, guidance, um, making calls here and there um, to get things done on the island in Jamaica um, through resources they have in the States. So I, 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 there, there's not much else I can say, but this probably would, would be a very, very tough go if, if St. Thomas and Coach Smith and Roger um, and Tuan um, weren't involved. So, but it's, it's, I'm very thankful, very thankful for that institution. Yeah, uh, it's it's they do stuff like that. And I didn't realize that, but there's a 
you know, St. Thomas University, they just started their football program and they had their home games at St. Thomas Aquinas. So they're, yeah. they're all about, they're all about, you know, trying to create new opportunities and make more football and stuff like that. Now you've mentioned, you mentioned Tuan quite a bit. So Tuan Russell, he works for the youth, youth he's a youth program ambassador for the Miami Dolphins Foundation. And I moved out to South Florida to work for the Miami Dolphins Foundation. And what we did is we sold raffle tickets for every game. It's a self-funded thing. The Miami Dolphins Foundation is self-funded. So there's always things that we're trying to do to create revenue and stuff like that. So the, the question I have for you is, what, what kinds of things would work for you? Because you've mentioned needing you know, any kind of revenue streams, any kind of fundraising ideas, whatever. If someone wants to approach you with an idea, what kinds of things would work for the NTFA? Well, people have to realize that this is, this is um, as much as people want to label Jamaica as a developing country, it is, but um, certain aspects of it are definitely third world. Um, it's a very, very, it's a poor country. Um, the institutions here are, are, are poor. Public institutions are very poor, underfunded or non-funded. Um, case in point, um, a high school here would find it very difficult um, to do and to, to, to feel their, their, their major sports, meaning soccer, cricket, track and field. So they have to fundraise it within the community itself. Um, and keep in mind, you're fundraising from very poor, poor people already. Um, so it's, it's a, it, to add football, which is a very expensive endeavor um, to fundraise for, it, it, it's tough. Um, the aspect of doing raffles at games is something that we're, we're definitely going to be instituting at, 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 um, at the high schools. Um, but to, 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 it's, been, it's been very difficult um, to get the funding um, from institutions here because they're already locked into um, funding the soccer league. Um, whether it be high school or the professional league, or they're locked into um, funding for, for track and field. Um, so what we have done, we have, we've gone outside of Jamaica. Um, in, in fact, what, what most of the, the, the Jamaican organizations that do help us is more in kind, which is a big help anyway. Um, but the, there's certain aspects of our organization, like um, collecting donated equipment abroad, um, that we do need funding for because we gotta fly there, we gotta we gotta rent a truck, we gotta put gas in there, we gotta have guys pack, we gotta get have guys pack and ship um, freight, those type of things. So it does take funding to do these things. And what where we're falling short at this point in time is with administrative type aspects. Most of us, um, in fact, all of us, um, this is a, a a definite volunteer type effort on my end. Um, our administrative guys all have their own jobs, so it's, it's all volunteerism. Uh, the day is actually coming very quickly where we're going to have to have a, an annual budget in order to, to, to not only to maintain and sustain the sport and, and, make, and make sure that the, the, the core aspect of what we're trying to do, meaning get guys graduated from high school, getting kids off to college, uh, has been secured, so we're definitely going to have to find funding for for those type of those type of aspects for the administrative aspect. Right. So, so to make sure it's that you're keeping the goal intact, the getting an education, finding a, the right fit for the young people to make sure you're doing the right to, to make yeah. sure you're sending them off to the right places. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Appreciate you putting that out there. Um, that was that's really the la I like to. This is one thing I do with all my guests. This is thing I call word association, Jerome. So I'm gonna say four words, and you just give me a quick response of what you think of when you hear these four you, words. Yo, if this is like a Warshank uh, card, you might not want to hear what I have to say. <laughs> a what card? <laughs> you know those those psychological with Warshank. The psychological cards where they put up a, a, a ink blot, and you have to say exactly what comes to your mind at first. Hey, you never know. This most is of my answers, swiftly, most bro. of my most of my answers will probably be Batman. 
It's nothing like that, bro. Trust me. I promise you. You're gonna like these. You're gonna like these four words. I can guarantee you that. All right. All right. Word number one: football. Opportunity. All right. Word number two: teamwork. Wow. Commitment. Word number, well, you already basically already answered this one, but word number three is opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> and this happens, this future. happens more often future. than you would think. Future. Future, all right, well, you got a different one. And the final word is education. Wow. That, that cannot be answered in one word except success. Oh, man, I love it. Well, man. Uh, I'll say this online because I really do mean it. I appreciate you. I know my family's going to appreciate you when, when you get a chance to hear this. And there's going to be tons of the Caribbean people that we're looked at as people that are just partying. So, like, we are, our image of us is so low and so bad at times. It's, it's refreshing to hear someone that's doing some productive work and philanthropic work in the community. So I definitely, definitely appreciate you jumping on and thank you for the work you're doing. Um, before I officially close, though, is there anything you want to put out there, how people can get in touch with you, what they can do if they know somebody, you know somebody, and just how they can help help this cause in general? Yeah, we, we, we would love not just people from Jamaica or the Caribbean. Um, what, what I have found um, these past two years, and, I, and this is something I probably knew anyway, deep down, but it's more evident at this point in time. American football coaches have got to be some of the most generous people on the face of the earth. Absolutely, some of the most generous people. I, I, I'm, I'm certain the amount of donations that we've gotten um, when it comes to equipment, pads, uniforms, um, other aspects, meaning you know resources, has been has been astronomical. Um, the way that you get in touch with us is you go to jntfa.org. That's Jamaica National Tackle Football Association.org. And you can write, you can, you know, email us or, or get in touch with us through there. Um, you can obviously, we would love for you to hit the donation button um, and, 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 and help with, with guys who more than likely, um, would probably be walking the streets next year. Um, we also have a, a GoFundMe. Um, you can click on the GoFundMe link on, on, on the website also. Um, you, you guys can contact me directly on my WhatsApp or my direct line at 876-351-1221. And um, we, can, we can discuss some of the ideas some people may have um, to help with the development of, of, of this, uh, this program. Um, we, we don't look at this program as just starting a, a sport or a new sport in a country. We actually look at this as a movement, a movement that will help um, at-risk kids um, get out of the vicious cycle uh, of crime in no uncertain terms. Um, there are certain areas in Jamaica that, that you cannot go. Um, and there are very intelligent kids there, um, kids that have grades, kids that have test scores, kids that have the mentality, but they just don't have the opportunity for a future. Um, I, would, I would love for anybody to contact me on, on those aspects so we can see what we can do to, to get this done. All right, well, we appreciate you. Like I said, fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. We will talk more soon. Thank you very much, Oswin. Let them fool you.
Don't believe for a minute, they don't like you Why try to make I am happy? Really, I don't know If it was up to them, my friend We would never see the sun or the snow Through that mystical communication within We keep on coming together I love to see brothers and sisters Looking out for one another Stop tearing down each other Only Rasta free the people Over hills and valleys too Don't let them fool you Don't believe one minute that they are with you Ja free the people Over hills and valleys too Don't let them fool you Just behaving like they want you to, yeah I say, arrogance is much different from ignorance And I know you feel the same way too Many live this life without having a clue No reason why they are so sad and blue Blessings to go, so much things to do Not a moment to reflect on the cycle of life, yeah Who free the people Over hills and valleys too let them fool you Don't believe for a minute That they are with you To free the people Over hills and valleys too Don't let them fool you Don't believe one minute They don't like you It hard, it hard, it hard Free the people Over hills and valleys too Don't let them fool you Don't believe for a minute That they are with you To free the people Those over hills and valleys too Don't let them fool you Don't they believe one minute They don't like you Why try to make I unhappy do 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 I don't know